Chris Wendelkin, and this is On the Line, the NBA podcast, where we talk all things NBA, playoff basketball, do some deep dives, drafts, news and notes from around the league. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at onthelign underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Hop into a deep dive, a draft. All the previous episodes are up there. Last, if you could rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts, I greatly appreciate it. All right, coming up, we have uh, Ben Craw. We are talking all things Eastern and Western Conference playoffs. Ben, uh, of course, is a huge Game of Thrones fan. He is mourning the loss of his beloved dragons this morning, the loss of the whole Game of Thrones series. But a very fun conversation with my co-host for the 2019 NBA playoff run, the one, the only... Ben Craw. All right. Game of Thrones is in the books. The world ha- has said goodbye to an epic television series. Our attention now shifts to the NBA Eastern and Western Conference Finals. On the line is Ben Craw. Ben, how are you managing the morning after uh, parting ways with one of your true loves, Game of Thrones? Did, uh, did all the, your storylines and subplots come together? I mean, uh, once again, Chris, I don't want to give away any spoilers, sure. but um, but wow, what a finale. Are you um, satisfied? I am feeling incredibly satisfied. I think the writers, they did it. I don't know how they did it, but they succeeded. Wow. They, they are f- masters of their craft. They got they got a um, a full six way dragon dragon yeah um, the, wow. the dragon orgy finally happened wow I thought it couldn't be done I don't know the how the writers rumored, did it much anticipated dragon orgy we finally yeah. got it the big payoff we got six dragons fucking on camera at oh, once really? full nude hardcore <laughs> action full um, nudity full yeah. nudity wow. now there's been a lot of debate online. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, some of it has been uh, pretty contentious, you know, pretty ugly. Um, but, uh, but you know, some people are saying that it was a full orgy, uh, right. a six-way. Other people, I would argue that it was actually more of a simultaneous, uh, two simultaneous but distinct three-ways happening. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, it's tough to say. Um, wow. Again, a lot of debate. I don't want to, you know, we right. don't have to hash it all out here. Sure. But um, but suffice it to say, I was uh, I was thoroughly satisfied, and um, yeah, I, you know, wow. just just really television history. Never before have a uh, have six dragons <laughs> fucked at the same time. Um, uh, so good, man! So, Absolutely delighted for you and Kate, and of course for the whole uh, viewing audience, the whole Game of Thrones audience, for all you uh, Thronies in in, uh, in, the, in the listening audience. Just delighted for all you guys happy yeah. happy to hear that the dragons the six dragons finally got together yeah what um, what a what a what a uh, an event really an unforgettable really? event absolutely so ben like i said now we turn our attention now that now that the dragons have uh you know have consummated yeah consummated their love um we turn our attention to the nba eastern and western conference finals wow here and we go yeah man the last time we talked we discussed the nba lottery and I think... Um, Feels like ages ago. It's I know, crazy. If, <laughs> I think if I have my dates correct, that was like game one of, I, I think like the um, 
Trailblazers and uh, Warriors series. Right. And I feel like we've had actually now three games in each in each series um, have transpired, and like we have like a real sense of what's happening. Yeah. These these series these series are taking shape. Where do we want to begin? Do you want to begin in the East or the West? And like let's maybe I don't know paint a little portrait of like what's happened the last three games and kind of like things we're noticing, and then maybe project where we see things going from here, what we're keeping an eye on, and all that. Yeah, we could start. Uh, why don't we start West? Why don't we start with Saturday's the most recent game or the the least recent game three? So we're okay. going in reverse chronological. Let's start with Golden State Blazers, and uh, do you want to begin talking about Game Three, or should we talk like big picture uh, about the series, like on a whole? Like, what do you suggest? Um, let's go big picture. I okay. mean. Yeah, yeah. This is a very, this is a, a, a such an interesting series to me. This is the most interesting, like three O. Like it's not really a series that I've yeah. watched in a in such a long time. There's such an incredibly fascinating dynamic happening here, um, and that's entirely due to the very, um, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for conspicuous absence of a one Kevin Durant uh, yeah, from man. this Golden State Warriors team. Yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy how, I mean, it's not crazy because he's one of the, if not the best current basketball player. Like, his his absence changes the entire vibe dynamic, and dynamic yeah. of this team. Um, but the crazy thing is that it's, like, not necessarily a negative. It's, I don't know. Yeah, how they, are you, how are you... Feel- they they look like it, it, it's incredible that a team could have like two different almost like uh top flight offenses in yeah. place you know what i mean it's like they they're like a top offense with durant and then they can lose him and sort of revamp their entire offense and also have that it's like it's like a team with a all pro starting quarterback and then their backup quarterback is also an all pro and like they but they right. fundamentally play a different style of game. It's not it's not like the backup quarterback is doing a Kevin Durant impression. Exactly. It's like it's, a, it's a totally a different team and it's like, "Oh, wait, now we're just going to be an option offense and like destroy yeah. <laughs> destroy the other the other team." Yeah, so it's, it's crazy. It's and wild. It's yeah, it's a I'm completely curious, different makeup and I'm yet curious like if you've had the impression or if like I've I've heard people discuss this. Like, are we? Do we feel like they're maybe more fun? Like, to, just to watch? Like, I would argue that very, very aggressively. I mean, to my eyes. All right, so it started like it's it's weird how game two and game three were so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, game one, game one didn't really, or was it? That was the game where Curry just kind of went off. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, game one, right? It's 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 a blowout. They won by right. twenty two. I don't think it was ever really like that close. But then games two and three were um, were were really like dramatically similar, um, where Golden State was down in the first half, big, and then they came out and they did their third quarter thing. Um, and kind of like took over the game in the third quarter. But now, so you and I have both lamented um, at great length uh, the the product, the Golden State Warriors product last playoffs when we would watch them and they would do that thing where they dick around and fart yep. around and, and jerk off in the first half and like not really give a shit um, because they knew that they didn't fucking have to and then they would just come out and just decide to play basketball in the third quarter and inevitably, uh, you know, take the lead. And it would just be like the most boring, most obnoxious, like, oh, 
you know, we're going to get your hopes up in the first half that maybe we're vulnerable, but no, nope, just kidding. Uh, when we actually give a shit at all, um, it's like not even close. Um, and it was like, so, it was so frustrating to watch and it was like miserable. You, it, it, you yep. just felt like, like this team, like just doesn't, it's almost like they, they won without really like deserving to win because they literally only played hard for one quarter. Yeah, it was it was kind of like watching someone see how little they could study and still like, yeah. pass a test. It was right. like let's see let's see if I could not read any of the homework assignments or any of the reading and still get a C. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I'm not even going to study like the day before. I'll study for like maybe an hour before the test maybe. the night before. Yeah, yeah. And it was it, it, the Warriors kind of like were like let's see if we can. See still win with Draymond Green playing like a C minus play yeah. like a D get like a B minus from Steph and like a an A minus from Durant let's see if that's good enough to win yeah so it became like a, a game of like how little can we do to still beat our competition yeah and instead of it being this like incredibly impressive and exciting and exhilarating and thing like that you were watching inspiring yeah, was, exactly yeah, yeah. you were just kind of like oh well this is this you become is like stupid. resentful you, yeah like look how like look at these guys actively not trying <laughs> not giving a fuck and not yeah. even like playing like robbing us and like Making whatever a we're, of our it's not like they owe us anything like whatever they're they're playing I'm sure obviously they are actually playing much harder than it looks like you know whatever basketball in the playoffs is hard no matter what quarter it is yada yada like it's not like we're but it felt like they were like robbing us of like seeing a more beautiful product on the court than they were than they were showing um like i don't know it was just very very frustrating to watch uh contrast that with now this durantless warriors team um and they're doing the same thing where they're behind in the first half and then taking over in the third quarter but it feels completely, completely different. It feels like a polar opposite of that other product we were discussing, where this time it feels like they are absolutely playing their goddamn hearts out just to stay within striking distance in the first yeah. half. And then when they take over in the third quarter, it's this like incredible, epic, dramatic comeback where they're just like hustling their asses off. They're making these like crazy clutch three pointers. They're like scrambling, running around on defense, like just like absolutely like, you know, do, like doing everything like that, that, that like, you know, they're, they're basically exerting every possible ounce of their, of their basketball ability in order to, to pull this one out. And it's like, it goes from making me hate the team to making me like, oh, this is one of my favorite things I've like ever seen in a basketball game. Where yeah, man, it's like, they're low key. I feel like they're low key fun again. Yeah, you know? they're like, totally like, fun. Like almost, I would say they're almost. They're not quite as fun as like the 2014, 2015 Warriors when the right because then like it was bubbling. all brand new. They were yeah. just like bubbling to the surface, but it's the same thing that made those guys fun is like happening again here. It's like oh wow, they're all they realize everyone's counting them out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're, yeah. and now they're like pissed and they're yeah like, they they weirdly feel like underdogs in these games. Um, you know when when they're they're being outscored and outplayed and it, and it just seems like they don't quite like I don't know. It's weird to say when they still no, clearly have three all stars. Like, but it's about like the media the media narratives around the Raptors, the Bucks, the Trailblazers, and and the Warriors. Like the first three teams I mentioned, all have more sexy storylines that like no one, no one. Everyone's bored of the Warriors, basically. You know what I mean? Like, people would rather talk about Giannis. People would rather talk about Kawhi. People would rather talk about Dame Lillard hitting the big shot or CJ, whatever it is. It's like no one wants to see more of the Warriors. And 
I think we've forgotten that they can still potentially win the title without Durant. Yeah. And and so like I find myself like actively rooting for them to do just that. Like I I mean I think Durant's clearly going to come back as soon as he's healthy because he's, you know, probably the best basketball player alive and they have a better team with him and yet I find myself like rooting really hard for them to just not ever lose another fucking game um and and win the title without him I think that'd be so like crazy if that actually happened it's not gonna happen obviously if they get to the finals when they get to the finals he'll come back and play um but I think the other person that's rooting really hard for that to happen is a one Draymond Green Draymond yeah um we have to talk about Draymond now I feel like he's a different player, man. Like, he's... I, 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 I mean, it kind of makes you look back. So Durant's been in Golden State for three years now, right? This is his third season. Yeah, his third season. It kind of makes you think back on the last three years, and you're like, man, like, what's happened to Draymond? Because this guy yeah. is still, he's still in there. Like, that, that level of player still exists. And it's just been incredible to see him rally like this. Like, he's just, it, it's, it's been incredible. Yeah, it really has. I mean, I you know, obviously there's like the regular season Draymond where he's, you know, very wisely and rightly conserving his energy. Um, and then, but because you watch that and because, you know, he just kind of looks disengaged and whatever, you know, you just really forget. Um, and then when Durant is on the court, he's just totally overshadowed. And like in a weird way, it's like having Durant there just doesn't really give him the space to like fully do what he does um, for this for this team, both on the offensive and defensive side. Um, and now without with Durant kind of you know out of the picture, Draymond is just like he the the way he takes over these games. I mean, all right, so we should I guess we can get into a little bit of the specifics now of Game Three. Um, which is, you know, the one that's freshest in my in my mind. But um, he did a similar thing in game two as well. He completely kept the Warriors in the game in the first half when they were down. The glass misses. Draymond Green, another rebound, pushing once again. Finds Iguodala. Draymond Green's energy and pushing the pace. Critical for Golden State. And they've cut a 15-point deficit to 10. Yeah, and they trailed at halftime by 13 points against Port- to, to Portland. And it felt like if Draymond hadn't been running around doing everything he was doing, it would have been like double that. Like um, Golden State just didn't really seem, I mean, Portland was just like hitting shots and, um, you know, playing great and blah, blah, blah. Um, but but Draymond was just like the one guy on Golden State who was giving a fuck. And like really, like no matter what, like every time, you know, Portland would go up by like, 15 Draymond would do something and cut it to 10 you know um and then you know they'd go back up and he would like just keep them within striking distance and then in the third quarter they did their thing where they you know took over the game but it was because Draymond like doubled down and went even harder Draymond Green again putting pressure finds Thompson another beautiful pass for Green how good has Draymond Green been all game I don't know I feel cliche to say it's just like oh he had so much energy he had more energy blah 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 but like it's crazy. You watch him play, and he's going balls to the wall, pedal to the metal, like, not giving a fuck on, like, every single play. And you're like, how is he not running out of gas? Like, how is he, like, it seems like every play, he's just, like, you know, like, he's grabbing the ball and, and running on a fast break like it's the final play of the game, and he has to, yeah. like, score a game-winning layup. Um, to the point where he almost seems out of control at times, 
and yet he's n- never out of control. Like somehow he's he's pushing so hard and he's being so aggressive where it's like, whoa, 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 dude, like pull it out. You know, it's like only a, you know, it's not even like a, it's a three on four fast break or whatever. There's like nothing there. And yet he like, like when you think it's like a smart move to like slow it down, he just like doubles down. Green pushing, pushing. Pass inside, finds its way to Bell. Back to Green for the layup. And it's an eight-point game. Draymond Green putting the pressure on the Portland defense. And you realize, like, that's just his strategy for the entire game. Um, Can I ask a question, Ben, about um, Draymond and the idea that, like, these Warriors might be fun than the KD Warriors? Yeah. Do we think that... uh, you know, if it, I, I don't think it's just Draymond that is like the bit we're we're see, we're seeing the biggest difference um, with, but I think guys like you know I, I see that I see a difference in Clay, I see a difference in Steph. Mm-hmm. Do we do we think it's an issue of effort or scheme that creates the difference in terms of engagement? Like, do, do you know what I'm asking? Like, yeah, is, I think is, it's. I think it's both. I think it's yeah. scheme because they're forced to just have the ball in Draymond's hand more, and like he's, the ball you know, moves more. I think, like undeniably, if you watch with KD, with KD, and without KD, and like give it a few games. I'm not talking about a quarter. I'm talking about like when these guys have to buy in, go all in. That like Durant is not coming off the bench to help. Right. Um, schematically, I think there's a difference in terms of like the fluidity, right? Like the ball just moves more. It's just pass, 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 open shot. Whoever has an open shot takes it. Yeah. And the pace is quicker. Yeah. Everything the pace is, is quicker. Just, yeah. And I think with Durant, there's just a more isolation heavy basketball, you know, and sure. it's just like, and, and, and I don't blame anyone for, I don't blame Kerr. I don't blame the other players on the court for sort of defaulting to that, but that's just the way it goes. But, and like you said, said he's probably the best player alive um kevin durant so like that's that's no no one's at fault for like defaulting to that right it's just a simple difference in 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 the style style then but i think what what comes of that also is sort of an attitude as well you know what i mean where it's right when you're not touching the ball when you're not involved in the game as much you have there, there's a tendency for your energy to sag, to, just to be like a little bit less engaged. Maybe of you're course, not running quite as hard. And also, when you know, like, oh, if if this play falls apart, whatever, we'll just throw it to KD and he'll ISO yeah. and we probably have, like, a bailout. and we, probably we have score a bailout option. because right. he's being guarded by a guy who's five inches shorter than him or whatever, right. or he's like it just doesn't matter because he's the best scorer alive. And so it's like not only do they. Like, right, there's fewer touches to go around, so guys are not as in rhythm because KD is necessarily touching the ball more. But also because of that, like, in the back of their mind, they know they have that bailout. It's kind of like they just don't, I don't know, it's it's a weird, like, mental thing, I think. Yeah, there's like this, I think it's the mental difference between, like, someone like Clay Thompson being like, hey, if I score 30 points tonight, that'll be a cool thing. That, that'll be like a fun little cherry on top of what KD's already doing versus right. like, we actually need you tonight. Like, like if you don't score 25 points and play like lockdown defense, like we're going to suffer and maybe lose the game. Right. It's that level of like commitment. Same with Draymond where it's like, hey man, we need you snatching 13, 14 rebounds tonight. Like if you're, if you're not going balls to the wall, like we could lose that battle tonight. Yeah, it's like actually do or die now. Um, so you have no choice but to, to like go 100% no on every like you, play. You're our only plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Draymond had a triple double in this game. 
Um, he got his 10th assist with just under two minutes left in the third quarter. So he had a triple-double in three quarters and finished with 20, 13, and 12, plus wow. four steals and a block. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, you sometimes you get a triple-double and you're like, oh, that's kind of bullshit. The guy's, like, stat chasing or whatever. But, like, this was, like, the least bullshit triple-double of yeah, all time. Yeah. Like, he was just doing everything. Like, he was um, the motor on on offense and defense just, like, he was just everywhere. It was just crazy. I, I just like kept like like being astounded by his um by just like the level of stamina he had. Like it was yeah. just like a simple matter of like physical stamina. Because like, you know, any any player can like make some crazy play when they just go full speed and they like sprint around and they like make some crazy athletic, you know, uh, agile move and, and you know, whip a pass out and you're like, Whoa, that was crazy. Like what a play like how like that must have like you know there's like a certain like energy meter that like every player has you know it's just like a video game and it's like that must have taken up like half of his energy meter like that one play <laughs> right right and yet J- Draymond would just like recharge it like immediately and just do the same thing the next play like yep. it was just nuts yeah my question to you is like um i watched this game at a bar on saturday night with a friend and nice. uh, you know we were we were catching up we hadn't seen each other in a little bit so we were like watching the first half you know somewhat casually and they came out of halftime and i believe the warriors were trailing by 13 points right and i looked at my friend Curran and i was like so how's this gonna go like did it i i guess my question to you is like did it feel as imminent to you as it did to my friend Curran and i while we were watching this game that golden state was gonna come back and win this like it was just it just felt like a fucking avalanche man it was like we both know that Golden State's winning this game. They're trailing by 13 right now. And it's literally like, all of a sudden it was like 13 points became a 10-point lead. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it was a six-point lead. And then it was like, now they're down by two. If they hit that three, they hit the three. It's like, now they're up by one. Now they're up by four. Now they're up by 11. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, in a matter of like, it was a window of like three minutes. And it was like, and then then it's game, set, match. Like, they're not giving you the lead back after that. Yeah. It's weird, though. It doesn't feel imminent the same way it did last playoffs, last okay. season, where, like, last se- last season it was imminent and it was, like, obvious and inevitable and, like, in, like, a, in, like, a super boring and predictable yeah. way. And this year, even it, though it's, like, imminent in hindsight, because it's like, it's oh, exciting, of course, this right? is what they always do. But in the moment when you're watching it, it doesn't necessarily feel imminent because you're like, all right, these guys don't have... I mean, yes, they still have more talent than Portland without Durant. Like, you know, Curry and Clay are a better backcourt than Lillard and McCollum, as great as they are. Draymond is better than any other, um, you know, third guy on, on Portland, you know, by a mile. But it still feels like just because of the style they play and because it's it feels like, you know, every shot and every defensive stand is, like, so much more important. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like last season... Last year's playoffs, like, they would come out in the third and it would just be, like, they just hit, like, five threes in a row. And it would be, like, oh, okay, that's it. Like, like, I don't know. It just didn't feel as hard. It didn't feel as... As, um, like, earned, right? Yeah, as earned. Um, Like, it it still felt like, oh, there's a chance, like, they might just not be able to to pull this out. Um, Yeah. With this this iteration of the team. It feels like a superhero movie and you're in, like the end of the second act or beginning of the third act and you're like man 
maybe super maybe Superman's not going to pull this one out. Like, right. Yeah. In the back of your head, you're like, but it's a Superman movie. He has to. He has to save the day. Right. Right. It's he like almost like win. You know the outcome, but certain but, shows but and certain it's, movies it's like really fascinating to watch. Like, man, I can't wait to see how Superman figures this one out because like he's really like he's really fucked right here. And right. Down right. Point thirteen points in the beginning of the third quarter, and sure enough, as soon as it happened, you're like, oh my god, that's how he's going to do it. Right. You know what I mean, he's going to swoop down like wearing his cape just like superman <laughs> save the day yeah and the difference is like you know every every action movie or action tv show you know has that same predictable outcome but like the ones that are like written really well yeah. and the ones that kind of like earn the different narrative you know beats and and points that they and like little yeah. story arcs it's like it literally is like better writing and I feel like this Warriors team is like the, just a really, really well written exactly, like action man. movie. It's a fucking well written. Where even though you Thrones, know the right? outcome, yeah, you're like I hope those dragons fuck. I really want them to fuck, but I don't know. Exactly, like, they, it seems unlikely. I don't think they're gonna fuck. Oh my god, they're fucking! They're I can't fucking believe it's happening at once. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. it's like, um, yeah, like I think good writing and good storytelling, and in this case, like good like sports narrative, is like leads you to believe that there's like some element of doubt. Yeah, you know I mean, like even though you're rooting, you which might is be so hard to to do because yeah. you know the outcome already, right? Especially when they have such great players. Like, but that's Steph Curry over there. He's won the MVP a couple times. Like, they've won all these championships before. But then there's this element of doubt where it's like, I don't know, but they're on the road. They're down by 13. The other team really needs to win this game. Yeah, like I gotta believe that. Like, it's it's now or never for the Trailblazers. And uh, yeah, I mean, just it, it was an inspired, inspired. It's been an inspired performance by the Warriors the last few games. But yeah. especially, it's been awesome to see guys like Draymond and Clay, sort of the overlooked guys of the last few years, um, just remind the world that they're like fucking awesome. Yeah, it's weird, man. I just, I, I just find myself actually act like rooting for this Warriors team in yeah. a way that I never. I, I was just like, oh god, anyone but the Warriors last year, and I was just right. like, you know, I was dying for houston to knock them off i was dying for you know any anything but the predictable inevitable outcome and yet this year it's it's the same outcome but this time i'm like no this is what i want this is awesome and impressive and it's crazy how losing kd just has has like Like just increased yeah and increased my appreciation for draymond and and for steph i mean yep you know after all of his like you know like with all of his doubters oh you know steph disappears in the playoffs blah, blah blah He had a fucking amazing game. You know, we haven't even mentioned the fact that he had 36 points last night. Um, You know, uh, made six threes. Like, he's still, you know, still just, like, fuck, he's really good. And he's just more, you know, he's smaller. So when he, you know, does a crazy dribble move and and slices through the paint for a wild, like, crazy layup, it's way more fun to watch than... You know, seven foot Kevin Durant loping through the lane for an easy layup. You know, I agree. well, that's um, what always made them fun. Was like their star player was this tiny little guy. You know, like like it just didn't seem possible that like a tiny little three point shooting guy could be the MVP of the league and win championships. And that's I, I always felt like that's what made the Warriors like a fun league pass team. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 very cool. It's just like yet another gift that this playoffs mm-hmm. has given us. Like aside from all of the other incredibly like good competitive and tight series um, that we've watched, the one the series that is like not at all competitive is also still incredibly entertaining. 
um, because it's like the old school throwback warriors. I don't know. It's awesome. I kind of hope that Kevin Durant never comes back. <laughs> Me too. Um, let's talk real quick uh, before we move in, on to the East about the Trailblazers. We, mm. I know we, we talked about the Warriors a bunch. Yeah. So for everything that's great about the Warriors and what, they, what they've been able to do this series, what's gone wrong for the Blazers? I mean, it, it has to just begin and end with Lillard. He, Lillard, he, shot, right? he shot five of 18 in game three. Right. He's just, it's so weird. He Ever since that shot the against shot. OKC. Like he, he hit that shot against OKC and he hasn't been the same player since. Yeah, it's really weird and unfortunate because obviously like, you know, we all fell in love with him like deeply that night. Um, yep. And we were like, oh man, this guy, you know, he's going to carry this team. And, and I mean, you know, he still had his moments and they're in the, Western Conference Finals, but yeah, he's just not. I mean, I guess Golden State's you know just trapping and doubling him and just making life really, really fucking miserable. And he just has no real help. I mean, you know, CJ's uh, rather Stefan McCollum has uh, still been playing well. I mean, he had he had twenty three last night, but also didn't really shoot great. Yeah, I was saying to my friend Curran during the game, I was like, uh, I feel like the least controversial take, the least controversial thing to say right now. It seems completely obvious though, is that like CJ McC- it's CJ McCollum's team at this point. Oh, right, right now, yeah, he's he's playing better than Lillard, but that's because they're entire defense is is geared towards Lillard yes um so so you know the the report comes out now that we hear you know Damian Lillard has separated ribs he's playing oh I didn't I didn't actually hear that shit yeah yeah so he's dealing with a severe pretty severe injury which that makes a lot of sense yeah explains a lot of his poor performance um yeah I mean he's also turning the ball over a lot yeah And, and you know so, like, saying that it's CJ's team right now, like, well, I should hope so. If C- if Damian Lillard has separated ribs, like, I sh- then it, it's got to be McCollum's team. That's crazy. And, Did they report when that happened? Uh, I think it's been happening. I, I think he's been playing with it since the beginning of the series. Wow. Um, I, so That's maybe it, maybe it occurred at some point during Denver, and they Game just kept seven, it low-key. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, man, they just, they just haven't... They, they look they look like they they're a little burned out. I mean, uh, yeah. it, it seems like the whole team has been held. I mean, how could they not Kate. be? Yeah, yeah, this team yeah. never you, we never I never expect you know, after Nurkic went down, you're like, "Oh, well that's it. That's their season." Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like Cantor pretty much like embodied embodies everything that this team has been about during the playoff run, which is like this guy just scraping by mm-hmm. and at this point there's only so many miles left. Like they they I, I just feel like I've seen them play in so many big, dramatic moments, had so many overtime games that, like, the emotional toll, the physical toll of this playoff run, I feel like, is, is finally catching up to the Trailblazers. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the conversation begins and ends with Lillard. McCollum hasn't been quite as effective. I've been really happy to see Stefan play so well, like, in – in the playoffs, it's been really cool to see him, like, you know, plant his flag a little bit. But, yeah, the team has really struggled, and they now are in a 3-0 hole. Um, game four will be coming up tonight, Monday night, in Portland at the Moda Center. Um, ben, are we are we anticipating a sweep here? I think I am. I just don't see – I mean, if they if they can actually win one, like, that's, that's an incredible – That would you know, be very impressive. Yeah, like, uh, you know, back again, uh, it's totally irrelevant. They're not, you know, obviously going to win the series, but it would be cool to to give their their home fans one more, you know, one last hurrah um, and uh, and, and go out of that uh, that arena with a win. Um, 
I think it would, it'll take a miracle. You know, I think Golden State smells the blood and they're just like, let's fucking get this over with. Let's get KD some rest. Let's just kind of like chill and get ready for uh, whoever we have to face because, um, you know, their next opponent, I think, is going to be a lot stiffer. In a way, I I'm, I'm I kind of want Golden State to win, um, even though I'd be sad for the you know Portland fans and all that and for Ennis Cantor. But um yeah, I don't know. This this Golden State team, I'm just like suddenly in love with. It's really weird. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I, like you are, you are just your heart, man. Like you I don't just, know, man. Go you Warriors. So fanciful, man. You, Go. you just get swept off your feet in an yeah, instant. Yeah, I'm a. I have a fickle yeah. heart these days. I'm very God. capricious and yeah. and 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 uh, and impressionable, I guess. Right. But well, yeah, it's just the... a it's just a very fun fucking product to watch. Um, All right. Draymond, yeah, wow. he's like Ben Crawford. You know who else? Oh, we have yep. to quick, quick shout to uh, to Jordan Bell, my man. Oh, you love Jordan Bell. I've always loved Jordan. Was very disappointed with the season that he's had. You want to um, give us uh, a minute or so on your love for Jordan Bell? Give us uh, give us the bullet points on that. I mean. He looks cool. He's got great yeah. hair. Begins and ends um, with the hair. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, he's just like a fucking cool, fun-loving dude. Um, probably kind of a knucklehead. I have a feeling that yeah, he's a little immature. A confirm, he's a confirmed knucklehead. For yeah, sure. definite knucklehead. Um, probably the main cause of his lack of playing time this season, despite being, you know, one of uh, Golden State's few, you know, sort of young, up-and-coming um, pieces. Um but uh, yeah, he had a, he had a, he had a great game two and a pretty solid game three. I loved in game three when he missed that dunk. Um, do you remember that? Jordan uh, Bell, by the way, wasn't Jordan Bell the one at the Warriors parade last year who was shirtless and took a bottle of Hennessy from yes. like the fans? <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. correct. Confirmed. Okay, great. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. he's the, he's Jordan the tall Bell. he's the tall J.R. Smith of Golden great. State. Um, great. Back to but Jordan do you remember Bell. when he uh, in Game Three when he when he ran down on a fast break and had a wide open dunk um, and went up with one hand and, and clanged it off the rim? Yes, yes. Bell gets ahead of the pack and oh, he missed the jam. Wide open. It's okay. You missed the shot. All of us out. Nobody's perfect. And then, and then, like three plays later, he had this crazy fast break, and Draymond dished off to him, and he flew up and slammed it with two hands, um, and kind of hung on the rim. And it was like he was like, "I'm making sure I fucking dunk this." You love and that. Yeah. yeah, that made me really happy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's my Jordan." Um, yeah, yeah. He's a great dunker. He's a high flyer. Great mm-hmm. shot blocker. Um, all you the know, things you love, yeah. Energy guy, yeah. Uh, Hair blocks, dunking, and energy. Those, those are some of your most important. You know, those are your biggest priorities. Get him on the New York Knicks next yeah. season, please. Yeah. Golden State, you don't need him. You're gonna have Boogie Cousins or whatever. Uh, give him up. You know, we'd love to have him on the Knicks. Steve Kerr doesn't want him. We'll de- we'll gladly take him off your hands. Steve. A poor man, Zion, maybe. Uh, I mean, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, sure. Sounds yeah. good, yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's head over to the Eastern Conference and talk about Bucks Raptors. Wow, um, the series just got really interesting. Uh, yeah, so you now, could say that. The Bucks are leading the series two games to one. Uh, this podcast will be coming out some point on Monday, at worst Tuesday morning. So, depending on the time that you're getting this podcast and listening to it, the Bucks are either playing tomorrow or tonight. Um, but suddenly it's an interesting series. Bucks lead two games to one. We are in Toronto for game four. Um, Ben, give me some big picture thoughts and observations about the series thus far, and then we can talk more specifically about games one, two, and three. 
Yeah, I had to um I had to watch game 3 on a slight delay uh yeah. you know due due to my uh my throne sure. um Your you throne know ske- schedule. Yeah. Um so I was in bed last night mm-hmm. and I actually had to watch the uh the Golden State game 3 on delay as well. Okay. So I I got into bed last night after a um you know a a pretty late uh pretty emotional you know throne um, yeah. situation yeah. Um, climbed into bed, you know, close to midnight, or maybe it was like more like eleven. Um, and it basically had two games to watch um, <laughs> on my phone. Wow. Um, and so I blew through Golden State, um, Portland, and then I was like, okay, I'll I'll try to watch, um, you know, as much of Toronto, Milwaukee as I can. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll if I fall asleep, I can finish it in the morning. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I dozed off a little bit during the second period, and then I woke up um, at halftime and. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is a close game. I should try to watch it. And I kind of got a second wind. Um, so I stayed up in bed. And, of course, the thing goes to fucking double overtime. Um, so it was basically up until 3 in the morning uh, I was lying thinking in bed. of you. I knew that you were going to have to watch the game on delay. Yeah. And we're recording this uh, Monday morning. And I was like, oh, man, we're watching- he's going to have two overtimes. He's really going to be cutting it close. And that's why when I texted you, I was like, he's probably st- – still in the fourth quarter he's probably he, he probably hasn't reached the first overtime yet um i texted you i was like hey you're, i'll give you another hour if you need it i can run an errand yeah yeah um, but you watched him late late night in bed i wow. did i fin- i polished it off I, I i gutted it out and, and and finished that game much like Kawhi leonard who played a uh, a career high 52 fucking minutes Insane. last night um yeah, I mean, I think we had to talk about Kawhi. Like, he's the story. He's every, he's fucking everything. He's basically like Draymond Green for Toronto, except he's also the only <laughs> fucking offensive weapon um, for the Toronto Raptors. So in Game 3, uh, you know, Kawhi scored 36 and, um, you know, was basically just the entire offense for the Raptors. And on top of that, he... Um, uh, Coach Nurse made a made a, a shift uh, following Game Two, and uh, and put Kawhi basically on to Giannis as his primary defender, um, who's you know probably like one of the hardest covers in the entire league as you know probable MVP. Uh, you know we don't have to explain why it would be a a challenging assignment to uh, to guard Giannis Antetokounmpo for a uh, an entire double overtime playoff game. Um, but Kawhi fucking did that on top of scoring his 36 points. Um, and he basically shut Giannis down. Giannis shot, um, one for nine. This is according to, uh, Kevin Arnovitz, uh, on ESPN. Um, Giannis had eight turnovers last night and, uh, on plays that, uh, possessions that, uh, Leonard was his primary defender. He shot one for nine. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, Giannis wound up with um, uh, he shot five of sixteen overall. Uh, yeah. He had he had more turnovers than field goals. He shot two of seven from the line, which is not yeah. Good. You know, I mean, Giannis's box score it is is ugly. Doesn't look good. But the truth is, if you watched this game, um, mm-hmm. that it was it was even 
the box score doesn't tell the story of how badly he looked. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, like, he did some great things. I mean, like, I, the most eye-popping thing on his box score is he had 23 rebounds. Yeah, that's um, a fucking know, you, you know, at the end of the day, Seven he's, assists, still, yeah. he's still a brilliant player. And a steal, yeah, str- four blocks, yeah. What I love about Giannis is, like, yeah, he's struggling from the field, struggling with his shot. What's he What's he do? He goes out and grabs 23 rebounds. He said, you know, if I, if, yeah. if I can't put in buckets, I'm going to fucking, like, rip down boards like an like a maniac. So in a game, in a game they lost by six, he was yeah. still a plus three. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, like, um, there's that, but but the but the truth of the story is that like Giannis Giannis really struggled in this game, and the most glaring thing to me, um, aside from his turnovers, which was a big thing, was his foul shots. Man, like yeah, it just just not pretty. Um, like I said, the box the box score can't tell you things about like. Uh, clutch and not clutch you know what i mean and like he had moments where he really needed to sink foul shots and just miss them including a pretty you know now i feel like dramatic memeable uh airballed uh foul shot yeah um you know but like i i i love Giannis. i'm not going to get on Giannis. he's been like fantastic all playoff series but there's no way around it like this game he he just sucked in this game and they need him to be they they can't win a game if he's going to be this bad. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, I don't expect he's going to come out and lay another egg like that, but I think for that matter, I'm not concerned about him like long-term in the series. Um, but like when we talk about why did the Raptors win and why did the Bucks lose a big reason why the Bucks lost was because Kawhi just manned up and shut down Giannis. And yeah, I mean, you know, in a game they absolutely had to win to, um, to continue their season. Um, you know, Nick Nurse said, okay, like, Kawhi, you're going to have to do a lot. Uh, Obviously, we all know that, you know, you're going to do everything that you do on offense, but on top of that, you need to shut down the MVP, the likely MVP of the league. Um, And Kawhi fucking went out and did it. Uh, And on top of that, he was injured for the majority of the game after, you know, landing awkwardly in the first quarter following a layup. Um, So I feel like this becomes like a storyline moving forward. Um, yeah. which is like the, the, the great mystery of Kawhi's health. I feel like we never really fully understood or got like the full story on like what the hell was wrong with him when he was right. with the Spurs. Uh, I, I feel like immediately when I saw him injure himself in game three, I was like, is that the injury that he had with the Spurs? Uh, some sort of either a knee or a quad injury. But all, all we know is that at some point during the third quarter, we see the cameras zoom in on Kawhi. He's on the bench wearing some sort of humongous like knee brace contraption. Right. Uh, sitting on the bench. I don't know if he tweaked something. Again, if it's a quad, if it's a knee, whatever it is. But he was going up for a layoff, uh, going up for a layup and sort of lands awkwardly. And it kind of hinders his ability to, you know, like have any burst, have any ability to like jump and, and to drive at the rim. Um you know, after coming down funny on that layup, so yeah, I I read that he that he actually may have injured both legs um, when he so in the first quarter his initial like kind of gimpiness was um, was after a layup in the uh, in the first quarter, and then he had another layup, in, or actually it was like that that big like one handed dunk that he had on a breakaway in the third, and then um, after that he was actually uh, favoring his left leg. Hmm. Um, so I don't, yeah, and it's yeah. like they didn't really have an explanation for either one. Um, so you know, you don't really know. 
exactly what it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading. I give him a lot of credit, though. I mean, in the post game, you know, they they do the uh, post game interview on the court with like the, you know the star player of the game, and to Kawhi's credit, he said, "You did appear to be laboring physically. How are you feeling now?" Uh, I'm, feel, I'm feeling all right. This is this is playoff basketball. Uh, everybody's hurting, so I just got to keep fighting. I respect the hell out of the guy because he's obviously not at 100. percent yeah, he's playing through something, and he he was great. Fifth, like you said, fifty-two minutes. You said a career high uh, for minutes. Yeah, career high in minutes. Uh, Thirty-six points. Um, I mean, you know, he had that. Uh, you know, pretty much the game ceiling uh, bucket at the uh, end of the second overtime. Um, following, uh, uh, I mean, you know, there, there were multiple times when um, it looked like Toronto, you know, was going to choke away this game at the end of regulation. Of course, Siakam missed those two free throws, um, which was pretty heartbreaking when they were up two. Yep. And that allowed um, uh, Middleton to come down and, and get that little putback to tie the game, send it to overtime. Um, and then in the first overtime, they were up four with like a couple minutes left. And... Um, uh, Brogdon had like a, a a crazy little floater, and then yeah, they tied it with free throw. George Hill had a huge game. He he hit two clutch free throws to tie it in the first overtime. Anyway, in the second overtime, um, the Raptors are up two. Um, Brooke Lopez gets like a little pick and roll, uh, and is driving down, and Siakam has a huge block to like redeem himself after the um, the missed free throws. Um, so, uh, so Kawhi has the ball coming back down. There's like 32 seconds left and he just has the ball in his hands the entire way and just drives down, goes right around, uh, both Brogdon and Middleton, I think it was, and just like powered through uh, the lane for a layup. And it was, that put him up by four with 30 seconds left and pretty much gave him the game. And it was just like, you just knew that, that Leonard wasn't going to fucking like pull up for a jumper or like do anything other than just like get the ball in the fucking basket. And yep. that's exactly what he did. Um, yeah, and a, I mean, a couple of things I wanted to talk about that I feel like I have, like in talking about the Bucks and uh, talking about the Bucks and the Raptors over the past year. Two areas I feel like I haven't quite touched on enough um, that I w- I would love to like express some love and affection for is my love for the role players on the Bucks, specifically George Hill, Pat yes. Connaughton, and Malcolm yes. Brogdon. Yes. So if it's okay with you, I don't know what what your time restrictions are right now, but I would love to pour one out. Go off. For Go off. My guys, George Hill, Connaughton, and Malcolm Brogdon. Um, you know when Giannis went, so Giannis fouled out, right? Yeah, and it was pretty clear that like he was just he was struggling. He was just having a bad game. Yeah, and um, I was ready for it, man. I was ready for the I was ready for the George Hill game. I was like, yeah. give me the give me the fucking George Hill closeout game. Give you me, wanted like, all the glory for George yes, Hill. Yes, I wanted the fucking like I wanted I wanted George Hill. I wanted George like the George Hill game, where yeah. you know what I mean. He like hits like all the big shots. He he like shuts down Kawhi, and I think it's coming. Like. I do think we are going to have a moment where it's like Connaughton ball, where it's just like Pat one-on-one versus Kawhi. You know, he clears out. He waves <laughs> the duel, off all of his the, teammates. Like Giannis the, is clapping for the ball. Bledsoe is clapping for the ball. And Connaughton is just waving these guys off. Connaughton is like, no, guys, I got this. No, and, I got and this. he like draws Kawhi out to like the top of yeah. the key. And he's like, I want you. He point, on one. He's dribbling with one hand and with his other hand, he points directly at Kawhi and he says, I want you. I want you. I'm taking you to the rack. <laughs> right now i'm pat connaughton um 
<laughs> oh my god, the so, duel of the century, Kawhi versus Connaughton. To, yeah. to be honest, like I'm not mad about Giannis fouling out during these games. I, no. I would, I'm. I would actually. I am looking forward to him fouling out more. I yeah. hope he does foul out more. I would love to see. Um, I would love to see Coach Bud Umpalupa Army pull him from. Even just pull him from the games. Get yeah, him, maybe arrest him. Get Giannis you know? off the floor and like let's put the ball in Pat's hands more. Let's yep. put the ball in Malcolm Brogdon's hands more. Let's get George Hill more looks mm. because these guys are just gritty. I love Brooke Lopez. I love the Brooke Lopez clap that you showed me. Oh yeah, the insane clap at the end of the game. <laughs> Just two fan. or no, no game one where game yeah one. yeah just fantastic yeah um yeah the role players in the bucks are just so lovable and you know i'm i'm really pulling for these guys i i look f- you know if if the bucks wind up advancing or even if they don't advance as long as we get a long series here with the raptors i just want more of these guys in my life i want more pat i want more malcolm i want yeah. more george hill how about some Ursan? How about how about Give the game that Ursan, Ursan had in game yeah. two with the with like the old school like drawing charges, which no one fucking really no, does anymore. Um, like I, I wrote in our notes, like he's one of those guys that like you don't you never expect anything from. Obviously, there's like a million other guys on on Milwaukee that you have to account for. Uh, you know, between Giannis and and Middleton and Bledsoe and and Brogdon and. Uh, Lopez, like, there's just so many fucking things you have to worry about, and then Urson comes off the bench and scored what 19 points in game two. Um, yes, I mean, I know he had 15 in the first half of game yeah, two. Yeah, maybe maybe it was 17 he finished with. Um, but yeah, and, drew three charges, mm-hmm. like was just like the glue guy. Um, I mean, and he's I'm not like surprised. Also, Urson is part of face mask a face mask army as well. He's someone yep, that has worn definitely. face masks several times throughout the course. So of many times. Career. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we love these guys. I mean, like the more quirky, the more weird, the better. Um, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And like, how many of them they just like picked off of scrap heaps? Um, you know, obviously Lopez. Yes. They they famously signed away from uh, the, the Lakers. Lakers for what like three million dollars. Yeah. Um, you know, they they picked which up, the Lakers uh, in turn used to invest in Michael Beasley, who yeah. after fifty games was playing. I mean, China. listen, when you can when you can uh, swap a Lopez for a Beasley, you got to do, do it every time. You got to you know? do it every time. You got yeah, do that's it. a no brainer yeah. team building right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean they 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 snagged uh, Miritich at the trade deadline, um, who's been really productive for them. Fantastic. Um, it's crazy how yeah, like and you know for all of uh, Toronto's like you know much ballyhooed like bench mob all that mm-hmm. depth like they don't really have much going on um, yeah. on their bench whereas yeah. Milwaukee is just it's just like waves of guys coming through. Yeah, George yeah. George Hill in Game Three shot seven of nine from the field, three of four from three, and seven of eight from the free throw line for twenty four points. Dude, like, I'm telling you, he was the lead dog. I mean, yeah. like it was George it was George Hill's team in in yeah. Game Three. I mean, he Jan, vastly. Like, Giannis is a Bledsoe. nice player. He's a nice player, but he's no George Hill. Like that yeah. that was George's game. Yeah. Uh, it's George's city. It's George's it, team. George's team. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to mention to you, um, I feel like this really picked up towards the end of the fourth, and then we got it in full fledged like mode in in overtime was the presence of Drake on the sideline. Oh God. Uh, walking <laughs> back and forth. I mean, he was on his feet really like thumping his chest. And I don't know if you felt the friction, Ben, between, um, mm. uh, coach talk nurse, about the dynamic between coach yeah, nurse and Drake, between, between and, the Drake and the dork, and between Drake and the dork. And it was like very clear that like, the dork was saying, like, this is my team. I coach this team. I'm yeah, the dork I'm the, of this team. I'm the head coach. I'm That's the head my dork title here. that I've yep. earned and yes. worked very hard for yes. all season long. Yes. 
I'm and the head coach. There was a moment where the where the door where the dork walked past Drake and then walked back as if to say like, mm. take a seat. Like I am, I am the captain of this ship. Um, you are just a celebrity. You are just a rapper, but I am the the head dork of this team. Yeah, and, you think it was uh, kind of an, an alpha maneuver from yeah, from the like, dork, where yeah, he was like, I mean, just a like, little reminder here, just like firing like some shots in the air, being like, "This is my team," you know, like right, I, right. I, I I run this ship. You're a rapper. Everyone knows you're really cool. You're a That's rock right. star. But right. you know what? This is my. But you're no dork. You are no yeah. dork. Yeah. This yeah. is my house. Drake was really animated um, right. th- throughout the game. And um, yeah, it's funny how the, uh, the the television broadcasts really just love cutting to him over I mean, and lot. over and over and over again. Yes. Pretty much any time Toronto does anything good. Let's get that reaction face from Drake. From what's he? Drake. What's how's he feeling? What kind of scowl is he? Does he have? Yes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm pretty. Uh, pretty okay with not seeing him uh, anymore. All right. So let's uh, talk projections. Like going forward. Like where do we see this series going? What do we want to see happen here? I um, mean, do you do you see an angle for Toronto like? getting back in the series and extending it like is this now are we suddenly looking at like a six seven game series or do you anticipate milwaukee closing out here sometime soon i gotta say after watching the first two games and the way milwaukee dominated um it just kind of seems like for toronto to win they have to have you know that game three was like that was like Kawhi like expending all of his energy, giving his absolute like everything like leaving everything out there, and you know Toronto. I mean Milwaukee just kind of like had a bad game. Um, I mean I kind of feel like I Milwaukee mean they didn't have that bad that bad a game. game they took but, it to double overtime. That's yeah, like that, it feels. That, I feel like that's my perspective on this series, which is like. You got a terrible game from uh, Giannis. You got a brilliant game from Kawhi, wherein he played 52 minutes and played through an injury. Yeah, um, and if and if and that it, injury lingers a little bit, like it feels a little and bit it still like took two overtimes to win the game. Yeah, like how much left do they have? Right. Um, whereas Milwaukee, I kind of just feel like they're like, all right, that's cool, like no big deal, like we can I've, come back. I left that game pretty encouraged for Milwaukee, to be honest with you. I was yeah, like, right. Look, like if if. George Hill, like if George Hill has finally emerged, then like we, Milwaukee has its like, you know, it's, it's big three of, you know, fucking Bledsoe, Giannis and George. Um, you mean, you mean George, Pat and, George, and, and, and Brooke, right? That's yeah. The big George, three. George, Pat and Brooke. And, yeah. and I guess Malcolm, you would call them the big four. Sure. Sure. I uh, mean, and if you want to have like a Hampton five, you know, you throw in, you throw in Miritich. Nicola. Yeah. No, sorry. Sorry. You, you throw in Irsan. Your son, your son. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. He's their he's their Draymond. Yeah, I just feel like um, I don't know. I I, I I hate to use the word like destiny or something like that, but it does feel like there's something in the air. There it does feel like a, a, a mojo about the Milwaukee Bucks, where they're getting these huge contributions from role player type guys, and those same role player type guys on the Raptors haven't produced. Yeah, and um, you know my my takeaway. For the Raptors through three games has been like, can Kawhi get help? Can Kawhi get any help? Can Kawhi get any help? Can Kawhi get help in the way that Giannis is getting help? Giannis mm-hmm. is getting help from Earsons. Gian- Giannis is getting help from the George Hills of the world and from Pats of the world, from Malcolms, from Malcolms of the world. And by the way, Eric Bledsoe has been terrible. Like the guys, 
the Can guy we talk had, about him for a minute. Why? Yeah, what is sure. the deal with him? I, I mean, he's just I, been bad. He's just been he, bad. I mean, like I think he's on the court at this point as like a defender. Like he's he's still a very effective perimeter defender, but offensively yeah. he's been he's been dreadful. You know, there's it's no so way confusing it. to me because you look at that dude and he's fucking built, and then you watch him and he's so fast. He's like mm-hmm. incredibly incredibly where you you know he, a guy that jacked like doesn't seem like he should be that fast, but he's also got like incredible speed and quickness and you're like why aren't you just driving and like using your body to like barrel into the lane um either you know blow past guys because you're faster than them um and then just like get in and draw contact it's so weird that he's just like settling for for you know these threes that he misses and yeah um i'm very befuddled by him and his um weirdly like non-aggressive game um i mean he was one of six from three three of six uh three of 16 uh overall in the game uh in game three and and yeah it's just like i feel like you have the physical tools where you shouldn't ever have a three of 16 game yeah i'm trying to figure out his three point percentage while we're talking but it's less his three point percentage for this series is less than 20 percent oh yeah yeah it's like hovering around like 15 percent yeah. Um, so yeah, he's just been he's been he's been dreadful. I mean, there's there's no way about it. He's you're right. He's built like like a like a fire hydrant. Um, he's, yeah. He's such a big strong little guy, but he's just he's missed shots. Um, so I but but to that end, it's it probably says something about the Bucks that they are able to weather the storm of like not having Bledsoe be an effective player and they're still winning these games very comfortably. Yeah. And. Um, so we'll see. Um, do you? So back to my original question: Do you? Do you see? How long do you see the series going? Can Can Toronto get back into it? I mean, maybe six games, but I yeah. could also see if Milwaukee steals one. If they steal Game Four. I could see them closing it out at home in Game yeah. Five. Here's know? my one hope: I just want uh, I want the Warriors, and if it's the Bucks, who, whoever's playing in the finals, I want them. I, I'm assuming at this point that the Warriors are going to make the finals. Whoever they're playing coming out of the East, I want them to have as much rest as the Warriors. Yeah. So yeah. like, I if 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 the if the Bucks are going to beat the Raptors, I want that to happen as quickly as possible. As quickly yeah. as possible. And if Toronto is going to beat uh, the Bucks, then I need the Trailblazers getting back in their series. I just I I don't want the scenario to be like we're in the NBA Finals and. Golden State's completely rested, and Milwaukee's just had like a seven-game bloodbath or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think the uh, the odds are great for uh, for Toronto uh, coming back and, and quickly finishing things, and I definitely don't think that the odds are great of Portland extending the series past five games. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Um, we shall see. We yeah. shall see. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, befo- hey, before I let you go, there's a story breaking now. I guess that Magic Johnson. Uh, just went on the air on ESPN and talked very openly about Rob Palenka. Let me go back to the backstabbing comment because you said that mm-hmm. when you resigned abruptly inside the Staples Center and you just educated us that friends you trust, that got to them outside of basketball. Right. So did it come down? I'm not, I understand the Luke Walton element. Yeah. But when you allude to the backstabbing, was it Rob Palenka that you're talking about? Is it Rob Palenka and other people within the Lakers organization? Who exactly were you talking about? No, just Rob. Jesus. This just happened this morning or last night? Yeah, literally just this morning. He said, quote, And then I start hearing, you know, Magic, you're not working hard enough. Magic's not in the office. 
So people around the Laker office was telling me Rob was saying things. And Rob Palenka. I, Rob Palenka. And I didn't like those things being said behind my back, that I wasn't in the office enough and so on and on. Um, so I started getting calls from my friends outside of basketball saying those things now were said to them outside of basketball. Now, not just in the Laker office anymore. Mm-hmm. Now it's in the media and so on. And these are people you trust. Exactly. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, man. What a, uh, man, <laughs> what, what, a, a, what a, what a, mess what a, there. wow. What a fucking organization. Um, Hmm. That's incredible stuff. Uh, well, yeah. as it relates to on-court stuff with basketball, where do you? Uh, how? Wh- where do I want to take this conversation? Are we worried about LeBron? Uh, yes, yes. I mean, Whatever your I, question is, I'm very worried about LeBron. I mean, yeah, we're worried about LeBron. I mean, okay, we're LeBron fans. We love we. You and I love LeBron James. We love the way he plays. Yeah. We love we love NBA basketball at its highest competition. Yeah. Is there a scenario where in this summer, if this Laker thing gets to just completely like uh, like if it just becomes such a, sh- a shit show, is there any scenario wherein he like demands a trade? Or I think there's certainly scenarios where he would try to angle out of that organization yeah and knowing he doesn't have a a no trade clause so yeah the lakers have the ability to trade him and i I don't think they have any interest in doing that but i just wonder if he in turn will go to management and say like hey if you don't trade me to the rockets or if you don't trade me to cleveland or x y and z like wherever he wants to go if you don't trade me to the clippers um then it's going to get really ugly around here like I know that sounds so far fetched, but we are reaching like new it's levels. It's insane that of... we're even like discussing it. I mean, I, yeah, I, no, I know. Part of me is like, no, he wouldn't do that. Like, he, you know, he obviously, like, just, you know, it was his decision to move to Los Angeles with his family and right. do it and, like, you know, set up his whole, you know, operation. world and, and, yeah, and operation yeah. there. But, but it's like, I don't think anyone could have predicted what a fucking shit show wasn't this a big was going to be. Magic Johnson, like, wasn't a big part. Like, I felt sure. like a big part of the narrative of him moving to LA was involved Magic Johnson. That, like, yeah, he, yeah, Magic I mean, Johnson was like, I, I feel like Magic Johnson is the p- closest like cr- uh, player comp to LeBron and his game. Um, sure, and it's like. And, business, and empire that, business empire that LeBron like wanted to, you know, such emulate. Such a natural, yeah, such a natural person for him to emulate and sort of like model his. And learn his like, from. And learn from, right. And now that Magic's not there, it does make me wonder like, God, this is not a good look for for LeBron. I wonder at what point he's going to say enough is enough. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's a it's a debacle over there. And yeah. and you also have to like think like if he does demand anything, even if he tries his very hardest to like keep it you know, behind closed doors, like it's going to leak out because that organization is just, that's what they do. Um, like nothing is like literally like nothing can be kept, uh, you know, private or, or, you know, business and professional. Um, it's just a fucking nonstop soap opera. Um, and yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know what the hell he's going to do. Um, I like, and then the the other reports of like, uh, the Pelicans owner, you know, saying that there's no, like over her dead body, would she ever deal uh, with the Lakers, uh, trade with the Lakers again, which, you know, I don't know how, you know, how much credence to to give that 
because she went uh, on the radio and then quickly rescinded that and said like there's no truth oh did she re- yeah yeah so she oh i didn't i didn't realize that, that. okay yeah yeah, yeah yeah i mean you have to figure griffin is going to be the one making the decisions there and he's yep. a smart enough guy that he'll get the best trade he can yep but uh but still it's not yeah it's uh not looking so sunny in la la land these I know. days it's funny. Um, i know it sounds so like uh impossible like the least likely thing that like lebron would ever be traded but every summer something it just seems like every summer something more wild happens that you never yeah. thought was possible like who would have ever thought kyrie would have asked for a trade from the Cavs with LeBron after they just went to the finals. You know, it's just like every every summer there's something more outlandish and crazy that happens. So I, I think know, my man. favorite scenario by far would be a straight up Zion for LeBron trade. Swap. Where wow, yeah, I just want to see. <laughs> I, I would like it would yeah. be just so hilarious if it was the whole like AD and LeBron, you know, they unite finally. finally but it's not in LA; it. it's in yeah. fucking New Orleans. Oh, um, Why are people so down on New Orleans? Like as a city, like I know I don't Cajun understand food. the whole. It's amazing. Zion, like, You'll, like, yeah, it'll be surrounded by incredible music, like great culture. Like it's an yeah. amazing city. It's uh, the coolest fucking city. Yeah, um, Zion would completely own it. Yeah, yes. it's insane that people are saying you would like, own oh, the South. Like you would yeah. basically own the South. It would totally. just be insane. Um, yeah. All right, Ben, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, the NBA playoffs continue this week. Thanks for uh, hopping on the line here for a few minutes. We will touch base with you as the Eastern and Western Conference Finals continue. And uh, thanks again, man. Talk to you soon. Absolutely, Chris. More later. Peace. All right. That was a conversation with Ben. Hope you enjoyed it. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Check out previous episodes at OnTheLinePodcast.com. Rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Enjoy watching the NBA playoffs, and I will talk to you guys next week.